not the least of which would be, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we may find references to the law of attraction in just about any theology or philosophy. The Buddha said, all that we are is a result of what we have thought. The mind is everything. What we think, we become. And I think Louise Hay summed up the law of attraction very nicely by stating how we use the law of attraction. Every thought we think is creating our future. Every thought we think is creating our future. See, the law of attraction itself as a spiritual principle cannot be disputed. Like attracts like. It's a 24-hour spiritual principle that everyone is subject to. So it is never a question of if we as omnipotent spiritual beings can use this law of attraction. We already are. We already are. So the only question that remains to be answered is, are we harmoniously utilizing this spiritual principle through an impassioned focus, focus of our consciousness that affirms our divinity? Like attracts like. What are we holding on to in relationship to our thoughts, our beliefs, and ways of being that serve to attract the formative essence of the universe into our experience? Are those thoughts, etc., focused on something new, transformative, or perhaps more of the same? See, the energy that the universe is that, oper that operates or formulates the law of attraction coalesces around and through the impassioned focus of our being. Emerson said, what a person thinks about all day, they become. Every thought has a frequency, an electromagnetic signature. Science has proven this to be so. And there are scientific studies galore that you can go and Google right now. And you'll see that every thought someone thinks, individually, I might add, carries an individual electromagnetic signature. And since that has an energetic frequency, a vibration, we may safely say that a mental image, a worry, a dream, a past experience, a goal, an old belief, a higher intention, all have a frequency, an electromagnetic signature that resonates through vibration within us. And you, being a child of the, the Most High, the whole of the energetic, pristine essence of source in actualized function and form have the divine birthright to choose which frequency of thought you embody in your impassioned focus of your being. Frequ frequency of our thought, thought force, frequency of our thought force plus emotion establishes a causative vibration that activates the law of attraction. So does this mean that we only have to think happy thoughts all the time? Well, in the words of Pat Miorta from The Karate Kid, not so fast, grasshopper. <laughs> Remember, like attracts like. So our thought, our experience, right, as a woman thinketh in her heart, so is she. It is not enough just to think a new thought for the purpose of having a new experience. We have to nurture that desired thought and emotion within our consciousness 
as a means to recondition the patterns of vibrations that have gone before and recondition it into an energy of our choosing. So one more time, as a woman thinketh in her heart, so is she. We have to practice and live out of the awareness where our attention goes, energy flows. And we put this into practice not by retelling our story internally or externally, the story of others. Inter think housewives of whatever city now. <laughs> right? We don't want to get into rehashing those old thoughts, old ideas, anything that doesn't serve us and get into that mindset of telling it over and over and over and over again. We want to release all of that nonsense. And in that release, we clear a path within our consciousness for the impassioned focus of our impassioned thoughts, the mental images and the actions. And then we tell the story of that passion thought, that mental image, and that action over and over and over again until the story is energetically nurtured into becoming our natural state of being. So the story itself develops its own vibrant electromagnetic signature. And that is our and that becomes our primary causative vibration. It becomes a new conditioned state of being. It becomes, like energy, attracting like energy that allows that external experience to mirror as what's in your heart. As what's in your heart. So what we consistently think and feel within our consciousness is what we consistently bring forward within our journey. And an individual may affirm they want to live a life free of illness, of discomfort, unconditional love, and endless abundance 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Yet if their internal dialogue is telling a story or that is from the past or is, telling a is, has, is having a dialogue of worry, fear, gloom, or doom, then that is where, in that moment, their passionate attention is truly going. And that is where universal energy will truly be flowing. As a person thinketh, yada, 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 yada. However, when you passionately tap into that awareness, that you are that individualized, individual expression of all the vast grace, all the harmony, all the omnipotence of source, Act and choose to actively exercise your spiritual authority by consciously choosing to nurture those higher thoughts and ideas, those greater beliefs, new and powerful electromagnetic vibrations for the mental images of your whole being, your whole being. That, too, will be where your passionate attention is truly going. And that will be where that universal energy will truly be flowing. Life attracts life. 
got it. Yeah, you got it. And you know, for anyone that's joining us on the live stream, you know, I'm 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 one a bit clear that I'm doing a couple of yada yadas yadas here because I know you know this. I know you know this. The question is, are you living it? The question is, are every day you're getting up and saying, all right, in this moment, I have to make a conscious decision. I have to decide, as Louise Hay said, what is the thought I'm going to continue to think? Is it going to serve me? I have to say, is it in alignment with my soul intention? Is it in alignment with what I've said is my desire? Something that I want to bring forward as new within my experience. And if I can answer yes to that, awesome. But if the answer is no, then I've got some more internal work to do. I have to begin looking at, well, wait a second. What's, what's the deal here? Because intellectually, I know like attracts like. And intellectually, I know maybe focusing on a passive net is not really good for me from an electromagnetic, spiritually woke state of being, right? So why am I continuing to do it? What's that about? And here's the deal. We get into a flow of energy because we are a flow of energy always coming forward into individualized form. And because we get to choose that energy that we will bring forward, we get to decide how that vibration is going to carry forward. Yet at the same time, we are not aware that that vibration comes forward. That vibration draws like energy based on the sum total of what we're choosing to think, what we're choosing to allow to rumble, ar rumble around within our mind. And so from there, we want to begin saying, oh, I may have some more work to do. I, if I'm going to nurture this thought to come forward, if I'm going to nurture this new way of being to come forward, then I'm going to have to do what Michael Beckwith says and realize that anything that I'm seeing out here that I don't care for, it's because I'm holding on to something within here. And perhaps it could be childhood trauma. It could be somebody uh, didn't do us right. Whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. What's mattering is in that moment of vibration, we are unconsciously choosing to not focus on being that evolution of source, that ever-flowing divine good. And we get caught up in the external, either person or experience or event, is going to somehow impact our experience. So uh, yes, today is 21 years of for the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living. Oh my God. And yes, I started it when I was 12 years old. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. But let me tell you something. It hasn't always been easy. People say, oh, look at, look at, the, look at him go. But let me tell you, I, I, you know, I thought about this today, and then I realized as I was sitting here with only one camera working today, I realized what I did to myself. Right? I got into this 
all this stuff that we've been through over the past 21 years. You know, when we first got started, right, Decatur Neighborhood Playhouse, Black Box Theater, no windows, totally black walls, arms, creaky chairs. Now, most people know that story, but here's a story that, that I remembered today, right? We went through, we were there for maybe three to six months, and we had to be in process for a while before we got sanctioned as a religious science church. And the Decatur Neighborhood Playhouse was, how can I be kind? Not always church-like material. How's that? So we decided that before that for the big installation, the big recognition of the church, we would throw in some money, right? And we would put in new, new flooring, paint some walls, really spruce it up, and have a party. And so that's what we did. And the day of the installation, the workers called me and said, we're done with the floors, we're done with the paint. I said, awesome. Thank you so much. They called again two hours later. A torrential downpour came. And the Decatur Neighborhood Playhouse sat at the bottom of a hill. And it flooded all that out. And the new flooring was gone. You could see water levels on where we had painted some walls. What did we do? We went to Home Depot got some power vacs, vacuumed the water, water out, borrowed some of the rugs from the playhouse, laid those on the floor, and we had a party outside. My, the very first time I learned to project, and I love this story, <laughs> we, we were using a Radio Shack microphone going through VHS, I guess that's the right term, going through a borrowed sound system from the school Dan worked for at the time. And so we were adjusting the volume, and I had it turned on, and there was a big rainstorm outside. You can see we get along well with rain. And all of a sudden, 30 minutes before service, this microphone that was on the same frequencies as some of the phones people use in their houses picked up some lady talking about her boyfriend. And she was using less than ministerial language. I said, just cut it off. I'll project. <laughs> Why? Because nothing was more important than living the vibration. Nothing was more important than living the vibration. Nothing was more important than saying, okay, right here and now, I have set forth an intention that I know I can manifest. By God, we're going to manifest it. Bless you. And, <laughs> and then you fast forward a little bit to the Fraser Center. Oh, my God, such a beautiful space, right? And then people seem to forget about the time we had a candlelight service. <laughs> Long story short, somebody set the altar on fire. It wasn't me. And then one of the ministers that was there was using their rope trying to fan it out. And the flames just got bigger. When we moved here, we moved straight from the Fraser Center into here. We moved in on a Sunday afternoon directly following service. 
the congregation banded together. Everybody loaded the truck up because we owned everything when we came here. And we unloaded it. And we had one week to get ready for the next service. And I said, we can do this. Everybody's like, what? But then you just put forth a plan. You put forth that plan to be in the vibration, to be in the flow, to know that nothing was going to get in the way. And you know what happened? In a week's time, we knocked out a wall over here, built the kitchen, and put in new carpet and painted the walls. That's on top of this location being the very last location we had looked at. The very last one. Why? Because the vision still had to be nurtured. The vision still had to be nurtured. The energy needed to draw more attention. Right? So here we are today, 21 years later, still living and teaching religious science principles, still holding true to our intention of expanding the awareness of the presence of God within all individuals. And I want you to know this is not done alone. It is not done alone. It is not done by any one individual. It is done by a group of individuals that are collectively sharing a consciousness that says, all right, the vibration I want to expand and evolve, the energy that I want to promote is one of inclusion, one of diversity, one of love, one of joy, one that recognizes the divinity within all individuals. So today I stand in perfect gratitude for our board of directors, not just our current one, which is fantastic, but throughout our 21 years. I stand in gratitude for our legion of volunteers, our prayer and Reiki practitioners that are still working, right, even though we're not collectively together. Our staff, Brian Sampson, yeah, the applause would be good now, right? Just saying. <laughs> Eat those cards. Applause. All right. Our video production, Q Mannings, who pulls everything off, even when I interfere. Robert Lopez, our administrative assistant. Our magnificent assistant minister, Reverend Angela Harmon. Our music director, the phenomenal Gwen Hughes. And the man behind the curtain, the love of my life, and evidently yours too, <laughs> Dr. Dan Burns. So why is this important for you guys to hear? Because, yes, first and foremost, understand, like attracts like. And what was I doing this morning thinking about all the trials that we went have been through just to get us to this point. And what happens? That vibration, like attracts like, we're now down to one camera. <laughs> I have to cut two videos that were lovingly offered. Right? But let me tell you something. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We are in the middle right now of folks not being certain of what they can and cannot do. 
what's our intention? Expand the awareness of the presence of God within all individuals. And no matter what's going on externally, no matter what the collective physical society is experiencing, it is our divine birthright to choose to focus on that higher intention and let nothing externally and no one externally get in the way of us fulfilling that vibration. The election's not going to matter who wins. It's not going to matter. What's going to matter is have you stuck have you stood true to your principles, to your vibration? Esther Hicks said, whatever you're thinking about is literally like planning a future event. When you're worrying, you are planning. When you're appreciating, you are planning. What are you planning? Your work is to create the feeling in yourself even before you have the marriage, even before you have the money, even before you have the thing, even before you have the property. Your work is to go forward and create the feeling within yourself that right here and now I am the evolution of the energy of source and vibrant functioning form. And from that truth, let everything else flow. Let everything else flow. And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find all of a the sudden these demonstrations of like energy. Right? What do we call it? Synchronicity. How many people, I'm so excited because there's been some good stuff unfolding behind the scenes. How many people remember the book that just went blank to me? <laughs> the Celestine, the Celestine, the Celestine Prophecy, right? Y'all remember that book? And it was so exciting. It was by James Redfield. And it was all, it was the perfect Joseph Campbell story, the hero's journey, right? And so it was these group of individuals, and they had to follow their intuition. They had to be open, open mentally, spiritually, to the synchronistic things that were happening in their journey to be led to the fulfillment of their vision. Y'all remember that? And it was so exciting to read, especially for anyone that's a practicing metaphysician, because we knew spiritually that following your intuition, being open to the way the universe speaks to us was true. And then James Redfield went on Oprah. All hell Oprah. But Oprah asked him on national TV, is this book true? And James Redfield, a man of tremendous character, took a great sigh and said, well, the story is not true, but the principles are. And I bring it up because this is about nurturing energy. And what I'm excited about, and the reason I'm bringing in the Celestine Prophecy, is I came across a new book. I came across a book called The Flow. The Flow. And the book is by a physicist by the name of Guy Nelson, who just happened to be brought up in the Science of Mind teachings. 
so in the flow, Sky Nelson writes this. He says, the notion of flow was introduced to science through the work of Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And yes, that's spelled out phonically, otherwise I'd be going some physics dude's bed. Anyhow, he said, Csikszentmihalyi defines flow as a human state of optimal performance, a dynamic balance of challenge and skill in the proper activities and under the proper conditions, we become one with our lives, enacting a complete focusing, enacting a complete focusing of attention on the task at hand, thus leaving no room in the mind for irrelevant information. Sky sums it up by saying, we are in a state like this, a state of synchronicity, a state of like attracting like, we are in a state like this, thinking and feel where thinking and feeling become integrated with neither one controlling the other. That's flow. Thinking and feeling. Right? So this, our beloved, is alignment. It's an alignment with that soul intent to evolve and experience that energy of source that you are with no room for irrelevant information and past experiences or external expectations. It is living and being the flow as an individualized energetic expression of source, actively expressing your spiritual authority as an affirmation of your divinity, masterfully utilizing the law of attraction. So we want you to get in the flow. And when you're in that flow, you're going to notice a lot of synchronistic things happening. You're going to be living your own Celestine prophecy sometimes. How do we get there? We get there by being willing to release. Willing to release. And we're not releasing or forgetting about any past experience. We're simply releasing the need to align with the energy of the past. That's the key. And moving into a willingness to align with the energy of the now. That's synchronicity. And when you do that, then you get it. As you think it's in your heart, you are. As you think it's in your soul, you are. So I, I want to, we're, we're going to start wrapping up here shortly. I told you guys we're going to go a little bit slower or longer. But I will say this. I want to bring us back now to 21 years. We're doing all of this in the middle of a pandemic. I know from conversations, other centers are having a rough time. Other churches, other spiritual centers, other synagogues, et cetera, et cetera. My heart aches for them, and we're doing what we can. But at the end of the day, guess what? We have to keep living our intention. What's our intention? Expanding the awareness of the presence of God within all individuals. 
And so part of the way that we're doing that is we've asked a multitude of folks to go in and participate in our 2120 pledge, pr pledge program. That's a four-month pledge just so that we continue to sail through to the end of the year, right? We've had a good year. Why have we had a good year? Because of y'all, because of our existing pledge members, because of those that come in and pledge our, our tithe online. And so we want to continue unfolding and growing. And so what that means is, you know, we started out, here's the program. We started out saying, okay, we'd like 21. Oh, this is so important. And she doesn't know. But we started out saying we wanted 21 people, right, and for the 2120 pledge program. And Reverend Angela, God love her, she doesn't know me well enough yet to know why people call me Reverend Stinker. And so she, she asked me last week, why, why are we calling it 2120? And I said, well, I did all the data analysis and pulled a couple of years of numbers, and I saw that we needed 20% growth in our pledge program, and that could be easily be accomplished by 21 people. Sounded good. But the reality is, well, it's 21 anniversary, and it's the year 2020. <laughs> and I say that, I mean, she's going to kill me now. And I say that because, I say that because, setting that intention of 2120, right, and really promoting it probably like you guys think in the past two months, three months, hard, we're now only eight people left to go, right? And I know one of the eights here, e either in new pledge or increased pledge, it doesn't matter. You can go to the website, trinitycrs.org slash pledge, and read all about it, right? What I want you to get back to is that awareness that you are omnipotent spiritual being. That all that you desire to transform and bring forward as the reality of for your being, you have the spiritual authority to make it so. And that there is nothing outside of you more powerful than that expression of source that you have come through this journey to be. You are an omnipotent and positive transformative power and full vibrational frequency right now. A child of the Most High, an expressing of source, attracting life energy. And as such, in this moment and every moment that follows, you are powerful beyond measure. Remove yourself from the vibration of trying so hard. Stop trying to get into the flow. Because in trying to get into the flow, you don't recognize you're already there. Allow yourself to step into the awareness that you are the flow. Focus on the fullness of your attention the passion within you, and allow that to be void of any unnecessary thought or image of the truth of your individual spiritual authority. And what you're going to find is that passionate truth is going to mirror itself within and as all of your journey. So I want to thank you all for the past 
21 years of the privilege of being allowed to share in your divinity, to share in your flow of joy. It has meant and is the world to me. I love you all. Namaste.